Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of uh, EFL Fantasy Podcast Extra Time. As you can probably tell, I'm not Jamie. I am Angus. Jamie uh, has parental commitments this evening and can't uh, host the podcast. Um, I'll drop a minute and say parental commitments that he had forgotten about. So uh, that's always fun. Um, as it's one of the main uh, sort of topics at the moment, uh, we're going to be discussing Fulham this evening. And for that, we are joined by our Fulham correspondent, Perry. Perry, how are you? Not bad, mate. Not bad at all. How are you? I am good. It feels weird doing the sort of formal host thing with someone who is my friend outside of the EFL fantasy world. <laughs> <laughs> it feels a bit weird doing this sort of formal host thing. Uh, I think this is about as formal as it will get for the rest of the podcast. Absolutely. I feel we peaked, so it's just going to go downhill now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll start off a little bit. Obviously, this is your, your first year playing Gaffer. Um, yes. Having not played last year. Um, mm. So we'll do a little bit first on just um, how you're finding it, how you're enjoying it, how it stacks up to sort of playing things like FPL. Um, so how are you finding it, basically? Do you know what? Really enjoying it. It's a nice, refreshing change. Um, I actually feel really engaged, actually, which is actually which is very nice because I suppose playing a new game and obviously seeing what you did last year, which has been really good. Uh, yeah, no, it's oh, nice game to play. Yeah, I mean, more very points. much in, more points. Very much enjoying myself. Had a few uh, good weeks. No, it's been good. It's been it's been good. And I think also it's actually made me more engaged with uh, championship, which has been great. Yeah. So I'm paying a lot, I'm a lot more attention to games and a lot more attention to what's going on, which can only be a good thing. Yeah. And obviously, as Fulham are doing well, which um, touch wood is going to be <laughs> continuing. <laughs> yeah, it's been good. Very yeah. much annoying, Gaffer. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's the thing. Of course, you've got particularly contrary to FPL last season, you've got a you've got a game where Fulham are sort of positive assets. They're the sort of must-own assets, which is I mean, very yeah. strange. I mean, <laughs> picking Fulham assets and actually having attacking assets rather than defensive, it, it, it's a novel thing. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, in terms of talking about it, I mean, how have... I mean, it feels like a silly question given how it started, but how have, how have you felt about Fulham's start to the season? Funnily enough, uh, I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know why it's been there. Um, who could think what, what, what reason would be? But do you know what? Great start. Um, it's been, ref I suppose, great squad, so I can't really argue with that. But it's been very nice to actually see us doing well. Uh, Mitrovic backfiring, which is a pleasure to watch. Um, you know, it was really sad how Mitrovic went away. Um, and as a fan, it's very much um, great to see him back and doing his uh, standard Mitro things. <laughs> yes, I mean, I think that's that's what a lot of people would look at Scott Parker about at this moment mm. in time. Mm. Um I get that he wanted to do slightly different things, but looking at an attacking team that can be built around Alexander Mitrovic makes it does make you wonder about Scott Parker. I know that I could set you off on a long time talking about Scott Parker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long have we got? Um, <laughs> yeah. I think 
the thing about Mitrovic, which has always been apparent, is that he is a huge confidence player. And, you know, I feel that, let's, let's be honest, at this level, he is ridiculous. Um, I think he's in that very difficult bracket where he is unbelievable at championship level. And at Premier League, you want him to be there, but sometimes you actually wonder the question. And it's that there's been many strikers before who have done very, very well at championship, but in Premier League, it's never really transferred. And I suppose that Mitrovic is one of those players that if he's got a manager that believes in him, he's fine. And it's very nice to see that he seems to have his mojo back and absolutely pleasure to watch. Um, Long may it continue. So, yeah, very happy so far. Yeah, I mean, just for clarification for the listeners, I mean, Fulham played five, won four, drawn one. So that's 13 points from five. Scored 13 goals in the five games, only conceded three. Like, you know... Aside from being really greedy, there's not much more you can ask for there. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah, as a fan, yes, please, keep yeah. it going. Um, so obviously a lot of gaffer managers have been troubled up, up on Fulham. Some mm-hmm. have potentially come off, for, um, particularly the people playing away days in game week five, potentially looking yep. to go back, or those who are maybe only on two and looking to add a third. Um, so... We'll discuss a little bit about the, the sort of main Fulham assets. Um, we should caveat it. We're recording on Wednesday night and Harry Wilson has gone off injured for Wales in the first half of their game. Uh, appeared to be, uh, from what I can see, an impact injury landing um, heavily, potentially on his shoulder or head, which is obviously not great. But um, if we're not talking about any of the particulars around Harry Wilson's injury, it's because we don't have them at the moment, Um, Mm. which sort of scuppers the main talking point of the the sort of the the various triple options, which seem to boil down to triple attack versus double attack and defence or even double defence and one attack. But I haven't seen too many going there. But, you know, we can still talk about it. We'll open up with, you know, we've talked about Mitrovic. Mm -hmm. We should also talk a little bit about the other main asset this season, which has been Fabio Carvalho. Fabio. 5.2 at the moment in Gaffer. He's obviously risen from his season start price of Mm 5.0. He's now the third highest scoring midfielder in the game, but he's got 40 points from the opening five Mm -hmm. games. Um, we got a flash of what he could do in the Premier League last season, obviously, right yep. at the end. Um, there was thoughts after the preseason games that he could be starting, but you know, that's the sort of thing that must be really pleasing as a fan to see a, a teenager sort of starting it and sort of just taking to it like a duck to water. Oh, absolutely. Um, watching him has been an absolute pleasure. I mean, we've seen, I mean, we're very good at producing youth. We've seen with Patrick Roberts when we have flashes of that, Moussa Dembele, which we have flashes, even if we go back a little bit more when we had Chris Smalling for the, you know, few months where he sort of did that before Man United came in. Um, Carvalho has been great. I mean, I will have to caveat that with is the Kenny still being out is probably why we're actually seeing Carvalho. And 
as much as I would like to say that Carvalho's talent, which don't get me wrong, is unbelievable. Car- <sighs> Kenny being out is what's made that happen. Now, I'm very happy with that because I feel that Tom Kearney is a player who we have to play Tom Kearney and that's it. Yeah. And to an extent, obviously, I mean, having uh, Jean-Michel Seri and Anguissa before he left midfield was, I mean, maybe we're being very extravagant in a championship. Um, who, who, would, uh, who would argue with that? But it's very nice to see Carvalho expressing himself. Um, but as a gaffer asset, oh, my word. I mean, what more could you want? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a hack, really. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I, I'm sitting on Carvalho and I'm sitting on Giles as well. So <laughs> I suppose you're looking at both of them. But yeah, um, if I can say to gaffer players, just go for Carvalho. Like, yes, please. Um, I don't really see anything in it. I know that there'll be some apprehension with when's it going to come back. But from what I understand, Kenny coming back is not anytime soon. Um, I know Quinn has been signed, but I feel that he will be somebody who could probably come on with maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, maybe even 20 to spare. But Carvalho, I feel, is pretty much locked in where he's going. And with that performances, you really can't drop him. No, I mean, I think like, you know, particularly with Keener coming in, I mean, he's a, he's more of a mm. wide player. You'd say mm. maybe Bobby Reed, given that Ken yeah. is probably not imminent. Bobby Reed would be his main contention for contender mm. for the place, but I mean, you know, Silver started him in every game so far. Yeah. It's quite clear that you know he wants Carvalho yeah. to be a main part of the of the team. Absolutely. Um, in terms of we've we've mentioned Keener, I suppose we'll cover briefly the the two end of the window arrivals in. Yeah, uh, Domingos Keener on loan from Watford and Nathaniel Chalabar as a permanent signing from. Uh, Watford, I guess we'll tie that in with the one sort of deadline, main deadline departure in um, Ongisa going to Napoli mm-hmm. on loan with an option to buy. Um, how did you feel about the the end of the window business? I mean, you know, it wouldn't be Fulham without end of the window business, but absolutely. How did you feel about um, that business? I was sad to see Ongisa go. Don't get me wrong. However. I feel that there was some kind of inevitability in it. I think we always knew he was going to go because, I mean, we saw it when he signed and then we went down. He has no interest playing in the championship. And I can't blame him. He's a very good player. I feel, I mean, as a fan, I mean, don't get me wrong, having him in at that level was great, but do you know what? I can't really argue with him wanting to actually play in a different league, which is fine. Um, I enjoyed your chat with um, Jamie and uh, Dan and Shabala being somebody who really enables players around him to be better. And I think that's a really good observation. I think having that midfield um, options of well Onoma probably won't play and Shabla will come in straight for for him but having Reed Seri and that I mean as a four nothing bad there at all no. really 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 happy with that really looking forward to Harrison Reed being back as Reed was got a lot of time for Harrison Reed um obviously not a, not really a gaffer asset but beautiful player to watch 
but yeah, I think Shallop is very good business. Very good business. And I like where we're going with that. Um, Kino Good comes in as an option that can come off. So yeah, as a window, I'm very happy. But I think the best part of the window was keeping Toten. Um, very concerned that he was going to go. And if I'm honest, I'm very surprised that he wasn't actually bought in because the rumours of that release clause and, you know, keeping Tosin, great stuff. Very happy that yeah. we managed to actually keep that going. So as far as the window goes, really happy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the normal Fulham window of like six players mm. right at the death. I think two yeah. was very restrained for them by normal Yeah, standards. of course. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know Tony Khan loves a deadline day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so really happy with that. I think the... I suppose the, the one thing that's very interesting is, is the form of Seri has been... has almost made losing Anguissa not feel as bad. Mm which is an odd position to be in because, you know, keeping Anguissa was a main priority. I suppose most Fulham fans were expecting him to go, but the emergence of Seri again has been great. Yeah. You know, um, going to Millwall was watching him play there and honestly, it was an absolute pleasure to watch. He was dictating play. Oh, it was very nice to see. So I think that for gaffer managers watching, I think Seri and Shalaba are in there, Fulham attacking assets become even more appealing, which is great. And I'm more of the advocate of, I will say this, that I have taken a minus four to get Harry Wilson in. Obviously the injury, not helpful. <laughs> um, but I suppose most managers I feel will probably have Mitrovic in, in their team. Yeah. Um, Carvalho feels like a no-brainer and if there are any managers who are not considering it, please do. Obviously, don't hurt me if he decides to do nothing in the game that you bring him in because that's always the way. But the, I suppose most managers will be on whether or not to bring in Wilson. Obviously, Wilson's injury makes it a little bit easier, but if it's whether or not you go in for a defensive asset. Uh, obviously, Ainers has that injury. But the Fulham triple-up feels even better. And I will say that Bobby Dickard over Reed becomes very interesting as an option. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the fixtures, um, if people are sort of unaware, as much as Fulham appear in the early stages to be fixture-proof in gaffer terms, their next five games are against Blackpool, Birmingham, Reading, Bristol City, and Swansea. So for anyone who, particularly if you're only on one, you need to fix that quite quickly. Absolutely. <laughs> so for clarity, um, obviously I'm looking at some of this real time. Uh, Harry Wilson went off injured after taking a blow to the head, I think on a landing and was apparently complaining of blurred vision. So it's Wednesday now. If that's the sort of thing we're talking about, at the very least, the weekend against Blackpool seems very unlikely. And bear in mind that the next game week is a is next midweek. So if you, like, I mean, I know you've already got him, but for people mm -hmm. who are looking at him 
that could be a multi-game week injury, even if it's not a multi-week Absolutely. injury. Um, but we'll talk a little bit, um, you hinted at it there, at we'll still talk about the double attack and one defence versus treble attack because mm-hmm. someone like Bobby Reed is still an option. Absolutely. Um, for me, I've been an advocate of two attack, one defence. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, yes, Fulham have scored 13 goals. They've only conceded three in five games. Uh, they haven't conceded more than one in any of the games. And they have, they've been good defensively. I think, you know, it's something you hate. It's something that a lot of people hate. I wouldn't get away with saying the, the words if uh, Jamie was on the pod, but I think they have the lowest XG conceded in the league. So... <laughs> They're not even conceding the chances. They're that yeah. good defensively. Um, obviously, I was on Kenny Tete, uh, took him out when I overhauled with the plan of potentially bringing him straight back. Um, there's no real clarity yet on his injury status. Um, I'm optimistic, given that Fulham didn't bring a right back in at the deadline, mm-hmm. that maybe Tete's en- injury isn't as bad as was feared. Um, but yes. Yeah. Where do you stand, even just first on the more broad question of double attack and one defence versus treble attack? I mean, I guess you've done the treble attack, but... I've done I've done a treble attack. I feel that's more... Um, obviously, I should apologise for saying uh, Aina rather than Tay. Sort yourself out. <laughs> um, does it show that how much I loved Aina last season? No. Um, but I feel that the attacking option gets a lot more. More because if you look at the control we have in the central midfield area, I that's why attack really feels like the way I want to go. Um, the other thing, I suppose, is that I can always see us conceding a silly goal. And that's where... I suppose it also depends what defenders you're on. So I'm on the West Brom double up in defence. So... It's just looking at that value. And I know that Tete is a great shout at six, but it's just weighing that up versus do I want to go a little bit more? And that's why I feel that Bobby Reed offers a very interesting thing because he's 7.5, am I right? Um, He's gone up, but 7.6. So, yeah, it's the same sort of range. (sighs) And I suppose... If you're like me, where I had um, Robinson in uh, West Brom, and then you want to go down, I suppose the Robinson to Wilson move was yeah, very viable. But if you also want to go down to get into Fulham and go down to that 7.6, do you know what? Nothing wrong with it at all. Um, as you will also know, Angus, I will never, ever advocate Ivan Gaviero. However, he also has to be under consideration. Um, if you imagine that Wilson will be out, then he will very much be an option. Yeah. And it's difficult to know because Bobby Reed is one of those players where you either get an amazing performance or nothing, which as a gaffer manager is quite difficult because I like to have players where I want to know consistently what they're going to do. And Bobby Reed is always that one that worries me where I'm not really sure where it's going to go. Yeah. 
Cavallero, I feel that last season gives me a very difficult light on him. But I will also understand that what we were playing, Caviero, when he's played in championship, has actually been proven. So I can't really disagree with that either. I think if you want to get into Fulham, please just go Carvalho Mitrovic and then just toss that coin or whether or not it'll go. I've gone attack, but I can also understand the viability of going defence as well. Yeah, I mean, I if, think it's big to go with the fullbacks. Like I've seen some people mm-hmm. on tossing. That's fine. Although I don't think he's necessarily the best, like set no. piece threat. Yeah. Um, don't like, because you will be entirely reliant on clean sheets. I'm guessing you would say as well, don't go Tim Ream, even though he's cheap. No, no, please don't. <laughs> the other one I've seen going for and uh, Gazanika, uh, I don't mind it. I yeah. wouldn't advocate it. And if you can actually have the budget where you can pay that, by all means, go for it. But if you're looking to get into the Fulham defence, I'm not sure about Gazaniga because I don't like having that much tied up there. Also, when I have the question mark about clean sheets, it yeah. feels there's a lot more viable options to go for. Um I think, I think the full and triple up is going to be one of those things where you have to do it, but you're also going to have that scope of the third is going to be very interesting where you go with. Yeah. Um, I will advocate all day long, obviously Wilson when he comes back for having the Wilson Carvalho, um, Mitch Rich triple, but I can understand the read. I will either, and one day you'll play this back to me and say, what were you thinking? Uh, Caviero could also be an option. Um, But I can understand the defence, but I'd much rather go the attack. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I will say for the listeners, Perry said before the season, he would never recommend Ivan Cavallero this season. (laughs) It's taken till game week six. So, <laughs> game week six, eh? Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I was listening to um, the new Gaffer podcast, uh, Guys on Gaffer, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, good first episode. Go listen or watch them. And David Strom actually did sort of go for a bit of a different shout and say, uh, Gazaniga. Um, like say, I think if you're going to spend up to sort of a keeper in the sort of six range, I think Gazaniga mm-hmm. might well be the best option. Yeah, but I think particularly with your options at sort of the four point five five range, it's it's tougher to justify. Whereas when we're talking about defenders at sort of six, even six point five, it's much easier to justify going with a a Tete and a Robinson if that's the way you're going to get into the defence, I think. Yeah, I think the other thing is also going to be interesting is where rank-wise, I suppose, Mitrovic and I suppose Carvalho, because of that value, are not really going to be the ones that are going to make you go rank. Wilson in particular as well. Somebody like Bobby Reid and somebody like Caviero, maybe even Gasniga to an extent as well, the ownership is not going to be there. 
So depending on what your strategy is and what you're looking at, it could be very, very interesting to go that way. And I, that's where it's going to be interesting to see where gaffer managers go. I think the two that seem essential is Mitrovic, I think, is going to be a lock in most. I can't really see not having him. God, value, it's just a value. The value when he's playing is there. Um, Wilson, every time he plays, oh, it's just something that you cannot not want to go near. But I feel that if you are somebody who's thinking of getting a full player in, uh, Bobby Reed is an option. I really think it's worth rolling that dice for it. Um, and obviously now he's been recommended and going on there is all going to end in tears. But I'd much rather go in there because I think with Gaffer, there are so many defensive assets that are going in there. I mean, I've got the problem of obviously having Flint, which is, you know, we're not going to talk about sort of having that, but, you know, I've got that one. I mean, I've got Dickie as well and a double West Brom. So I've got options to go there, but... I feel even if I wasn't a Fulham fan, I'd be more inclined to go the attacking route. And, but then again, I suppose I just won't pay Gazaniga's price. If it wasn't there, I think I maybe would look at it, but I just can't do it. But if you are somebody who has a premium keeper and you're looking at that strategy, by all means, Gazaniga is viable. Um, I think also what will be very interesting is with Shalaba's more defensive intent, it's what actually happens with Jean-Michel Serri because we've seen that he can go forward and we've seen that he can actually influence the game more. Now, I've liked Serri dropping off and I feel that his control of the midfield has been great. Very interesting to see what happens with him. And Serri... Forgive me, I'm not sure. I haven't got his price in front of me, but I feel he's not much at all. He is 6.1. Now, if you are looking at Shalaba actually holding and then Seri being able to influence the game more, not saying he will immediately be a gaffer asset in Seri, but I'd be very interested to see what he does. Yeah. Because we will pass a lot through the centre of midfield and he can actually get options. And I think the thing about Fulham, which will be very nice, is that there's a lot of options in there. And attacking assets will increase because if you're asking me if whether or not Wilson or Bobby Reid needs to do anything defensively, they won't because we'll be fine. And I think that if you can offer me an asset who is attacking and doesn't have to worry about anything else... Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I guess Seri's been on a, a lot of the set pieces. Do you mm-hmm. think that would change? I don't know whether it changed last game when Harry Wilson came in, but particularly when Harrison Reed, you would assume, comes back into the team yeah. or plays more minutes. Uh, will he likely take set pieces over Seri or would Seri likely keep them? I think Seri may keep it. I think Harrison Reed. The thing we loved about Harrison Reed is that Harrison Reed goes and gets that ball and what he allows, he allows his midfield partner to do a lot more of influence in the game. 
Harrison Reed's getting the ball back is unbelievable. Reed is, uh, I think Reed is severely underrated. Really like Harrison Reed as a player. Um, and I think Reed is another one of those players, which is why it's really happy to have Shalabar, who makes others around him better. Because Harrison Reed will do that dirty work, which is often unappreciated. And actually having a player like that is so valuable. So to have Harrison Reed come back is great. Um, honestly, it's being a Fulham fan and talking optimistically, what is this? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that those midfield two, and which is why Carvalho becomes such a good option because he doesn't have to do anything else. And he can just play on actually influencing the game. But one thing I also like about Carvalho, he's he'll track back and he will do that midfield work, which is so lovely to see. Yeah, and I guess it makes uh, and, it more likely he'll keep his spot as well. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm a big Tom Kearney skeptic. Uh because I think that to have Tom Kearney in there, you have to actually play a game which is suited to Tom Kearney. And I like that we can play a game which gives us multiple options. We can have that Wilson option. We can have going to Mitchridge and Carvalho can actually do things. It's, it's nice. So yeah. I think we're a better team. And at the moment, really happy with what I'm seeing. So as much as I don't want to say it, gaff managers just, just do the full triple up. Oh, I said it. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been working out sort of what to do. I'm still on Mitrovic and Carvalho. They ca I carried them through on my overhaul. It was a no-brainer. Um, mm -hmm. Working out the third, I was all set to go with a defender. Um, and now I think I'm going to go Bobby Reed. So. <laughs> hey! So, so that's convinced <laughs> me at least. If it hasn't convinced anyone else, it's convinced me. So... <laughs> And I will say this, you will not understand this, but convincing uh, Angus to go from the uh, defensive one to go to the attacking one, it's a win. Yeah. Um, and if Bobby Reed doesn't work, please feel free to go into my Twitter and say, what do you want about? And I will absolutely say, I'm really sorry, <laughs> but let's hope it works out. Yeah. And I mean, even if it's sort of like, if he is the one who misses out in a couple of games time, particularly if Wilson does miss sort of two mm -hmm. or three and Bobby Reed misses out, he's, he's a the other thing I like about him, there's a lot in and around that value. You know, there's yeah. there's the likes of, I mean, we don't know, for example, with West Brom, you know, if, if Matt Phillips stays in the team, he's at the same value. Mm -hmm. Chair at QPR is at the same value. You know, it's very small jumps to get to the likes of Nick Powell. And if... If Forrest ever decide to become a competent football team, Philip Zinkenagel, um, Morgan Gibbs-White, if he hits the yeah. ground running with Sheffield United. So I think, you know, down to someone like Philip Billing, you know, all of these sorts of guys make Bobby Reed still a viable asset because if it doesn't work, he's easy to yeah. move on. I think the other thing with Bobby Reed, which is interesting to say, is that I don't feel that Bobby Reed needs a start to actually be an asset. Mm. He is somebody off the bench who can be absolutely somebody who can influence the game. And maybe less so with other Fulham assets. I feel that Carvalho is one who needs to start. And I feel that he needs to get his way into the game. Wilson, exactly the same thing. Caviero, I don't particularly like from the bench however much we used it. But Bobby Reed is one of those players who offers something different. And even if he doesn't start, as a player coming off the bench can still do damage and still get you points. 
So I think that if I was looking at, if I'm honest with you, if I wasn't on Harry Wilson um, and I hadn't already made my moves before I heard about the injury, Bobby Reed would be very, very much in my um, sights. So, yeah, if you are a gaffer manager who is on uh, double Fulham and once again, another attacking asset, by all means, I think Bobby Reed is very viable. Um, so, yeah, I think Fulham triple up needs to be what we're doing. Um, and at the moment, I don't think anybody really can disagree with it, how things are going. But yeah, if you are on that defence and uh, Mitrovic, then by all means, Bobby Reed and Asep. If you are somebody like me who wants to get two attackers in and you haven't already gone early and you can make a different decision on Wilson, then yeah, Bobby Reed, I think, is very viable. Great. So I have two more questions for you for the purposes of the okay. podcast. One of them is something that probably should have been addressed earlier, but I've only just thought of it. So um, <laughs> shows how well prepared I was, which is essentially to get your thoughts. We've talked around it quite a bit, mm-hmm. but to get your thoughts so far on Marco Silva. OK, um, so I will say this, that I was a Marco Silva skeptic when he was first um, announced. The one thing about Silver which I've liked is that we have an identity which as a Fulham fan I just want to see, I want to see some kind of intent because the thing about Scott Parker which was difficult is for all the defensive things we had, I had no idea what we were doing when we were going forward and with Silver I feel that he has picked his team, he's picked what he wants us to do. He wants us to dominate possession. He wants us to dominate that midfield area. And he's gone with it. I'm happy with what I'm seeing. The one thing I think has been the benefit is I'm seeing Alexander Mitrovic actually look like he wants to play football, which is a beauty to see because under Slav, it was lovely. And, you know, you could actually see that he had a manager who really backed him. And to actually see that again, Great to DC. So, so far, no complaints. Um, Getting that best out of Mitrovic, integrating Seri again. Um, As much as it made me sad to actually see Rodak not actually get a chance, Gazaniga hasn't done anything, which has made me think, you know what, it's a wrong decision. I don't like it because Rodak is one of ours, but there's nothing to make me question it. So, so far, so good. And a sort of gaffer question more broadly mm-hmm. for you. Um, you talked about sort of the, the transfers you've done in terms of bringing in Wilson and um, how are you sort of looking to, to go now? Have you played boosts? Are you looking or have you got them all in hand? How are you, have you made any sort of plans about using them? So- I haven't played any boosts. Um, as a new gaffer player, I will be absolutely honest with you. The boosts do absolutely confuse me. <laughs> um, I am taking each week as it comes. Um, yeah. I like having all the boosts in hand. Yeah. Um, away days will be something I'm looking to do. But um, 
so far, yeah, I haven't played anything and I want to keep them for as long as I can, which may be a bad option. I don't know. Um, but so far, so good. I'm actually excited and I suppose, yeah, I will look to see where things go. I think the, the one thing about Gaffer and what I've really enjoyed is that actually seeing the community and how it's nice of actually people sharing, you know what, this is my where my strategy is going. This is what I'm thinking about. Um, it's been nice to do. But so far, I'm glad I didn't do away days. Yeah, <laughs> I was almost <laughs> in that club. Um, so, yeah, we see how it goes. But so far, I have all chips um, available and I'm happy with how things are going so far. Great. I mean, yeah, I almost forgot to play the first set of boosts last year as a new manager. So <laughs> I, I totally get that uh, that way of going about it. Um, mm -hmm. You could always follow Jamie's strategy of looking at his team in a given week and saying, oh, that looks a good week to play a boost. Uh, so there so I, I, I absolutely will be that. So Jamie, um, when you listen to this, <laughs> I'm with you. We're on the same boat and we will also cry in the same boat, mate. Don't worry about it. Um, so this has been great to sort of check in, have a little bit of a chat about Fulham, the different options for people. I think that should give them lots of food for thought. Um, mm -hmm. The main, I guess, summary from me is there's a lot of different ways to go. There's a, there's a lot yes. of potential assets there, but it makes it interesting in that triple fulham is going to be sort of quite template but it leaves different options open within mm -hmm. that so not everyone's necessarily going to be on the same three which i like mm -hmm. um so that we'll we'll sort of end it there um i think jamie will shout at me if it goes much longer uh, <laughs> we will be back again on sunday me jamie and dan doing our usual uh roundup um which i believe will hopefully drop either Sunday night or Monday. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll keep going with the extra time schedule, which Jamie should be back for next week. Um, so all that remains for me to say is thank you for listening, listeners, and see you on Sunday. <laughs>